Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we take our usual Friday look at what happened in grain markets. Both wheat and canola were up for the week. Protein Industries Canada outlines progress in a $7.6 million meat substitute project for prairie grains. Real Agriculture has a beef market update. And we take a look at the hail insurance business on the prairies this year, which had a record year for coverage, $10 billion. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain markets this week were showing some upward movement. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola was up $7 per tonne for the week, while spring wheat futures were up $0.20 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the March canola, I'm mentioning March here because even though the January is still on the board, which might be on some listeners' phones, it really is not the most active contract here since it's going off next week. So the March canola futures are up approximately $7 a ton on the week. Today, we're down about 3 sitting at 8.5880. On the Minneapolis wheat front, the March contract is up approximately 20 cents a bushel for the week. Uh, today, up seven and a half cents to nine. 30 approximately and definitely starting to have a little bit more of a positive trend here short term uh, on the wheat front. That's something that I've been kind of watching here for clients. The the March contract here on Chicago and on Minneapolis have actually rallied to the highest level since uh, kind of December 2nd earlier this year. There has been some concerns for potential winter kill damage to the U.S. crop, uh, which is kind of helping support this rally. Uh, Other outside market forces for wheat were bearish, though, with the higher U.S. dollar recently and kind of a weaker stock market in general. So seeing just a little bit of selling pressure right now. Again, the winter wheat crops 
are already under stress because of drought and the extreme cold weather is putting the crop at risk. So record low type temperatures in the plains could spark winter kill on areas uh, which do not get snow cover. So again, maybe a little bit of a bullish uh, tilt right now for wheat, especially how much it's gone down recently. And then on the canola front, I'm definitely watching the soy side of the markets as well too. Uh, There has been talk of rain this weekend for Argentina, plus a shift to a little bit more of a bearish outside markets forces, again, um, helping to press the market down. But what I'm seeing right now is actually, again, the kind of the soy markets have been positive trending here a little bit more kind of helping canola to stay up a little bit into the higher end of the range where we've seen here this month in December but uh, again it doesn't seem like we're going to see a rally too much into the end of the year here but we'll see kind of how it shapes up at the beginning of 2023. Yeah what is the outlook for 2023 and beyond? Well, maybe starting off with kind of next week, just to to reiterate for listeners, Monday and Tuesday, Canadian markets are are closed. So canola is closed as well as the Canadian stock markets. However, the U.S. does not observe our our Boxing Day holiday on the Tuesday in lieu of. So Tuesday, U.S. markets are all open. So U.S. grains are all open. But yeah, talking a little bit about further on for next year, again, I've been a vocal here here uh, with you, Jim, and to clients that I could still see canola go a little bit higher here kind of in the winter months. And for maybe those uh, listening that haven't sold that much canola, waiting for that, you know, maybe second type of rally could be a a way to exit before, you know, next year's crop. However, again, all, all producers, I believe, should have that risk management plan, whether the markets go up, down or sideways. So that's something to, to keep in mind. The war in Ukraine has had quite an influence on markets, what, the last 10 months. What is impact do you see it happening this winter? Well, I think like we've seen, you know, recently, you know, in this last, you know, a couple months, news, just one little piece of news that was not expected can impact the market that nobody could have expected, whether it's, uh, you know, a missile strike or, you know, Russia saying that they, they aren't going to sign a certain deal. And that's something that nobody can really expect. So I would say all producers, again, when they're maybe looking to, to sell their grain or make smart marketing decisions that way, it really comes all down to that, that profitable price. And I've been talking with clients as well, too, about their their input costs for next year, diesel, fertilizer, things like that. And that's where I kind of help take all of those uh, factors into account for clients. And uh, again, try and make that risk management plan rather than trying to maybe just focus on one event like the war in Russia and Ukraine. Adam Pakalo is a commodity futures advisor with PI. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Conexus Credit Union. A multi-million dollar grain project has a new partner. The Chief Technology Officer with Regina-based Protein Industries Canada, Megan Gervais, outlines efforts to expand sales of plant-based protein for meat substitutes. Well, Mame Foods um, has welcomed two new partners into the consortium project that they're working on with Protein Industries Canada. So two new distribution companies have come into the project, and they're called Tasia Foods and Sierra Meat and Seafood. What's the value of this project, and what is the project? So the project is really about development of plant-based alternatives for for really the global market. 
And so in uh, November 2021, we announced the project originally, and it's around development of Japanese-style Wagyu beef made from plant-based sources. And so this announcement last week was really about bringing in two new partners who will help with distribution of that product across North America. So one partner will focus on Canada, the other will focus on the United States, and getting the Wagyu beef product that's been developed by Wamame Foods out into restaurants and different types of service industry offerings for North American customers. So it has been developed and now you're going ahead with marketing. How does early marketing look? That's right. So the the group has had some some early success for sure. Wamame announced earlier this year that they were working on distribution into uh, Singapore with a couple of hotel chains. And they've also been profiled at some some really high profile events as a featured menu item. And so now it's really about having these partners come in and distribute their products out to to different types of retailers and wholesalers to get more broad distribution across North America. Wagyu beef is a really totally different type of beef, not the mm-hmm. typical North American beef. It's a really marbled, really, really marbled Japanese-style beef. Where are the markets for this? Who would want this? So, you know, I think it was really developed with Asian markets in mind, so some of the traditional places where Wagyu beef would be, be consumed. But they are looking at food service applications across North America as well. So you're right that it is it is different than sort of your typical beef product, and so this plant-based alternative is really meant to emulate that same sort of sensory experience with a plant-based source. Now, which grains are used to make this vegetarian Wagyu beef? So the product is being developed. So one of the partners in the project is Merit Functional Foods. And so Merit is a developer of Canada's food-grade non-GMO canola protein, and they also produce a pea protein. So those would be two of the ingredients that would be focused into this product. And then, you know, uh, other plant-based proteins as well may, may have a component. I don't know the precise recipe, but those I know because Merit is a partner in the project that canola and pea certainly could have a role in, in the product for sure. What was the value of this project when it was announced? This project here was a $7.6 million total value of the project. And our contribution from Protein Industries Canada was up to $3.8 million into the project. Is this one you would point to as a success? This has been a really exciting project to watch because it does have such a fast-to-market sort of focus and the consortium is really focused on you know marketing and getting the product in consumers hands and focused on distribution and so they've taken I would say a a really strategic approach to bringing in partners who can focus on getting their products out to multiple channels all at the same time so you sort of have a mass acceptance of the product happening really strategically all at once and so it has been very exciting watching you know the the ingredients that we're having produced in one of our projects or earlier projects with Merit Functional Foods now being put into a product and seeing the distribution of that product go to market. So yes, certainly an exciting project and and companies that we're really interested in watching grow over the next, you know, years to come. Megan Gervais is the Chief Technology Officer with Protein Industries. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. 
Let's get to the beef market update with Ann Wasco, the Gateway Livestock Exchange. Ann, great to chat with you. Yeah. Um, Tough week on the ranch, though. Mm -hmm. Cold. Oh, man alive. Yeah, this is this is a tough one. I don't care where you are. She's a tough one uh, across the entire continent, it looks like. Yeah. Okay, um, bit of a time. Of, this is a great time for reflection. Um, I, I guess, how will we sum up the year 2022 from a feeder or rancher perspective? Well, in... Interesting. I, th- I thought about this one um, for some time. I think in any other year, I think the, the clear highlight would have been second highest cattle prices other than 2015 ever. I mean, that's a that's a pretty pretty good story. But unfortunately, it's clouded by the things that really um, hampered the the bottom line for 2022, and that was high feed prices, high energy costs, higher interest rates the whole impact of inflation. So I, I, I wish the highlight was clearly second highest cattle prices ever. Um, but I think these other things uh, just took so much away from that, unfortunately. Yeah, costs have sort of ruled the discussion, right? Feed costs yeah. for the feeder. Uh, obviously, you know, with the drought of 21, feed costs for the rancher and shortage of hay and things like that. It's, it's the, the I think the, if you were to go to any coffee shop across Canada and you you were talking to people that were in the industry, they're probably talking about the cost side more so yeah. than the, the revenue side, right? Because it's, it's occupying the exactly. brands. It is. And I, like I say, in any other year where we've had you know a big jump in prices like we did this year, I think the talk would have been, wow, phenomenal cattle prices, which they were, but the bottom line is what really what counts in terms of P&L. Yeah. Okay. So as we flip into 2023, it's not very far away. We're, we're mm. right up against Christmas here. What are we, what are we looking at? Um, do, I don't know if those higher feed costs for the feeder are necessarily going away in any time soon. So what are, what are you watching as the calendar moves into 2023? I personally think the story for 2023 is clearly in North America going to be shorter beef supplies. Big time. And, you know, this we've been watching the cow herd in both countries reduce because of the drought um, pretty substantially. I mean, in 2022, the U.S. is going to mark down their biggest beef cow culling rate ever. So we, we've just been entrenched in a, a pretty significant sell-off of the North American beef cow herd for some time now. So um, any which way you slice it, we're going to be looking at um, pretty significantly smaller supplies. That means smaller cow herd, smaller calf crops, smaller beef production. Those are, at the end of the day, going to be hugely supportive to, to prices. So I do think those will reign. Um, I'm not suggesting costs may be drastically lower, but uh, let's hope Mother Nature can help us out a bit on that one. Yeah, we're always waiting for Mother Nature to help us. Uh, Is really Mother Nature what gets in front of those things being the story? I I think a key part will be um, some moisture in terms of, uh, you know, ending the drought that's really caused the sell-off. 
and uh, getting some grass and water and, and uh, forage production back back closer to normal levels. Um, so that still has really been a struggle through a lot of cow producing areas in North America in 2022. Even though we still talk about the 2021 drought, there was still lots of areas big time impacted in 2022. So yeah, I really think that could be a key critical turning point. And I'm not a meteorologist, uh, so we'll keep an eye on, on those messages as we move into the new year and get a clear um, look at the forecast uh, for 2023. Yeah, Western Canada is probably in a lot better shape when it comes to the moisture situation than if you look at the western half of the United States, right? Exactly. Yeah, and and again, that that will be a driver for what happens for cattle prices. Uh, our Canadian prices are going to follow what happens in the U.S. And again, the U.S. right now is estimating uh, next year to see 700,000 fewer fed cattle in the slaughter mix than this year. That's big, Sean. So that when I when I talk about when I lead off with the supply side of the story, I really I really think that's a, that's the big deal. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high today, minus 28 the low minus 32 with temperature rising to minus 26 by tomorrow morning. The wind chill minus 42 tonight, minus 34 overnight. Saturday, partly cloudy, southeast 20 kilometers per hour with a high of 20, minus 21 degrees. Saturday evening, periods of snow with a low minus 22. Sunday, Christmas Day, periods of snow and windy, the high minus 14, the low minus 20. Monday, sunny with a high minus 20, the low minus 14. Should be the other way around. High minus 14, the low minus 20. Tuesday, increasing cloudiness. High minus 1, really turning mild on Tuesday. 40% chance of evening flurries and a low of minus 9. Wednesday, partly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries. The high minus 8, the low minus 14. Thursday, partly cloudy with a high minus 10. Normal high for this date is minus 10. The normal low is minus 22. The sun rose at 8.57 this morning. It sets at 4.58 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek at minus 19 degrees. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids, at minus 37 degrees. Around the province, Estevan is minus 30. Saskatoon is minus 31. Swift Current, minus 24. Weyburn, minus 30. Yorkton, minus 27. Scattered clouds in Regina. It's kind of quite nice and sunny. Bit chilly, though, minus 30. That's 21 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 9. Humidity is 68%. The barometer dropping 104.6. The wind chill right now, minus 38. Scattered cloud in Moose Jaw, minus 28. Winds are from the southeast at 7. Once again, Regina, scattered cloud and minus 30. That's 21 below Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Canadian Crop Hail Association says the industry set a record $10 billion in hail insurance coverage this past year. President Scott McQueen of Saskatoon says farmers purchased record levels of insurance due to rising costs and strong crop prices. Coverage levels hit nearly $10 billion in 2022, which is a 20% increase over last year. Buying habits started a bit slow, um, but then certainly picked up throughout the growing season. And it made it difficult for farmers towards the end of the year because the coverage levels cut off with uh, a lot of the companies. Why do you think there was record coverage this past year? Well, with crop prices and input costs being very high and, and you know, the, pr- the prices are at near an all-time high, I think farmers just wanted to protect themselves and, and their livelihood. And, and, you know, more coverage was purchased in 2022 than any other year ever. What was the total for payouts from the hail insurance companies on the prairies? Well, um, Saskatchewan had a $143 million payout to producers. Alberta was $94 million, and uh, Manitoba was $31 million. So what was the industry loss ratio? How did that work out? Did, did in, the industry make any money this past year? You know what? No. I mean, it's sort of kind of a, a almost a break even a year for companies. I mean, some companies had, had different loss ratios than other. The industry average was 71%, which is above the you know, the, the average, but the thing was that, you know, the, the cost per claim, the average payout was at an all-time high, and that's a direct correlation to, you know, the amount of coverage that farmers were buying with uh, the liability being up. I also would wonder which province was the worst hit? So Alberta saw, you know, an, a, 90, a 98% loss ratio, which is a bit higher than 2021's at 97%. Saskatchewan was next with a 68% loss ratio. That's compared to a 133% loss ratio in 2021. So a big change there. And Manitoba was up slightly in 2022 with a 43% loss ratio, which is a bit over the 21% in 2021. So overall, that worked out to be 71%. Loss ratio and with you know with reinsurance costs and, and other things like that, it it's uh, you know sort of around that break even for for a lot of the companies and so you know looking forward to 2023 and and uh, you know hopefully we can uh, turn the tides there a bit. How do rates look for 2023? Yeah, you know. I- in terms of you know individual companies across the three provinces, I, I would suspect rates to go up just because of the you know the cost of reinsurance being so high, and you know it's back to back years of you know tough hail years, especially you know going back to 21 where we saw significantly one of the one of the bigger loss ratios we've had in, in a number of years, and then 2022 sort of falling into that you know that that 70 percent range, which which isn't a money maker. So I would suspect uh, rates to jump throughout all three provinces in 2023 care to speculate how much you know what i you know what it's tough i i don't know it's it's sort of falls company to company and you know i i i don't know what what people were thinking going into 2023 i just know that rates will increase with some farmers not being able to even find hail insurance coverage this past year what's your advice get it early 
Yeah, you know, I think going into 2023, I think the, the buying habits are going to be a little bit earlier than they were in 2022. And that's, you know, specifically because of the the lack of coverage for some farmers, you know, with their buying habits being a little later than others. Uh, there was not a lot of providers out there left, you know, in July or end of, end of uh, June. So I would suspect that the buying habits will change and it'll be a little bit earlier and, and that would be my advice. I mean, I would contact your, your provider and uh, set your insurance up, you know, as quickly as you can for 23. Scott McQueen of Saskatoon is the president of the Canadian Crop Hales. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Regina-based Farm Credit Canada has a new leader. The federal government has named Justine Hendricks as the next president and CEO of FCC. Hendricks comes from Export Development Canada, where she's the senior vice president of sustainable business and enablement. Hendricks says agriculture is an area of great importance to the Canadian economy and plays a global role in food security. She says she was attracted to FCC for the opportunity to be part of the future of the Canadian agriculture and food sector. Hendricks takes on a new role at the end of January. FCC is Canada's leading agriculture and food lender with a loan portfolio of more than $44 billion. Ottawa is giving Saskatchewan almost $20 million in disaster recovery funding for flooding that took place in 2013. The floods caused damage to homes, municipalities, First Nation communities, agriculture buildings, small businesses and infrastructure across the province. Ottawa says the money is an interim payment. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water, they'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading. By tariff prices for canola gained three dollars and seventy cents at eight thirty seven ninety two. One red spring wheat rose forty four cents at four twenty four thirty two. The rest were unchanged. Durham four ninety six twenty eight. Chickpeas nine twenty five ninety five. Flax six eighty two ninety eight. Lentils seven sixty seven fifty. Oats two fifty four thirty two. Yellow peas four seventy six eighty nine. And feed wheat. Two eighty nine fifty six on the Minneapolis Grain Exchange. Hard red spring wheat for March gained seven and a half cents at nine twenty nine and three quarters. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. Well, the livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Hartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of December the twenty first. The pre-sorts are all done for this year, but yesterday we had our last bred cow and bred heifer sale of the year with 320 total head. Had some slaughter cows for sale here. D1, D2 cows, 82 to 88. D3 cows, 68 to 78. Cows are averaging 85 cents. Good bred cows sold from 1750 to 1975. Older type cows were 1250 to 1400. The top pen of bred cows was $2,000 for a pen of black cows. Bread cows were averaging 16 and a quarter. Top pen of bread heifers, $2,075, and they were averaging 1850. 
highlight of the morning for me was my favorite cow, a fancy red roan cow sold for 1950. The first pre-cert of the new year is Wednesday, January the 11th, 2000 head consigned so far. That is one of my favorite sales. Our next bread cow and bread heifer sale will be uh, in the new year, Friday, January the 27th. At this time, I would like to thank the staff at Heartland Yorkton. Thank you. A job well done. Greatly appreciated. Merry Christmas to you all. And a big thank you to all our current customers, new customers, and to all the order buyers. A huge thank you. From our house to your house, wishing you all and your families a joyous Christmas. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,700 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 201 to $213 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 4,200 head, selling in a range of 199 to $210 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, December 24th are Oli West 2020, 198.60, Oli West 2021, 209.30, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 201.31, Hams Cash, 199.31, Thunder Creek Burko, 202.70, High Life Cash, 213.51, and High Life Contract, $212.68 per CKG. Hams Cash hog price today is down and four contract prices open lower this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar was down 23 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3656. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 73.65 cents U.S. Yesterday, the USDA released the cold stores report, reflecting inventory levels for the month of November. The net result was an almost exact trend line drawdown for total pork and cold storage, which was 10.9% lower than last month compared to an 11% three-year average, not including 2020, and a 9.9% five-year average, including 2020. Individual primals were more mixed, however. Hams and Picnics saw massive month-over-month drawdowns with hams 54.7% lower and Picnics down 26.9%. On the other hand, bellies were up 35.1% and ex- partially explain why bellies are priced as low as they are in the cutout today. Coming up, the... This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Stats Canada says the economy grew by 0.1% in October instead of remaining unchanged for the month as economists had estimated. The economy grew slightly more in the latest reading on Canada's real gross domestic product with the federal agency pointing to increases in services producing industries. StatsCan says the cool down in the goods producing industries in October was led by a decrease in mining, quarrying and oil and gas extraction along with weakening in the manufacturing sector. Stocks are wavering on Wall Street and may be headed for weekly losses as investors reviewed mixed news on the economy. The U.S. government reported that a key measure of inflation is continuing to slow, though it's still far higher than anyone wants to see. Also, growth in consumer spending weakened last month by more than expected, but incomes were a bit stronger than expected. On the markets, the TSX has gained 93 points to 19,442. The Dow has risen 71 points to 33,099. Oil has gone up $1.98 at 79.47 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73.60 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions.
Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.